In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It's just a lot easier this morning if Lazarus is dead. By anybody's standards, Lazarus is pretty banged up. It is not the flu. Verse 1 says that Lazarus is feeble, powerless, and needy. Which for this story is good because if Lazarus is still alive when Jesus gets to Bethany, then there can still be questions. Was old Lazarus really sick? If he was sick, how sick was he? Did Jesus really make him better? Or did Lazarus just rub some dirt on it and get better all by himself? So it is just a lot easier this morning for everybody if Lazarus is dead. And it's even better if he stinks just a little bit. There is something about the smell of a dead body that chases away all the theories and speculations and academics and skeptics. To understand this story, it is important to understand dead. Dead means whatever happens next, you didn't do it. Now you may know that the, ba the Bible's favorite example of dead is roadkill. It's that raccoon you saw as you were driving to church this morning, that one by the side of the road that was stiff and puffy with his little legs out and his tongue out of his mouth. He's kind of buggy and juicy. That's dead. In fact, it's even better when somebody stops and ties a little balloon to his leg that says, get well soon. If he could get well, he would. But like Lazarus, he cannot. Because in the Bible, dead means all the way dead. Dead means whatever happens next, you didn't do it. The best thing about Jesus is that he's not scared of dead. In fact, when Jesus hears the news about Lazarus, he stays put for two more days, just to be sure that by the time he gets to Bethany, dead has sunk in. And sure enough, when Jesus finally arrives, Lazarus has already been dead and buried four days. He is dead and stiff, and he is slightly stinky. It is the perfect setup for Jesus, who is Son of God and Son of Man. Now, before Jesus gets started, you should not think that Jesus is heartless because he dawdled. It probably hurt Jesus when Mary and Martha greeted him with exactly the same words. Words that might be faith, but also might be passive-aggressive and guilt-baiting. Verses 21 and then 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Or, Lord, if you had been just a little bit better at being the Son of God and Son of Man, then my brother would not have died. I'm not exactly sure which one it was. I just know that some days... It's not easy being the Messiah. It definitely hurt Jesus when he got to the tomb. 
We know that because Jesus wept. He wept because his heart was broken. Lazarus was his dear friend in a world where it is very, very difficult to have dear friends, especially for someone who is Messiah. Death is always brutal. It is always wrong and always unnatural. It is, of course, the price that we pay for sin. But all of that, too, is a bit theoretical. Try this. Death is sticky. It holds you tight and it will not let you go. Death is dark and smothering and frightening and constant. Death is dull and it is unbeautiful. It is silent and lonely. But most of all, death is stupid. Death has never been anywhere and death has never done anything. Death is very much like a small town bully. And yet somehow death proudly thinks that it will have the last word. Nope. At the death of his friend, it is Jesus who has the last word. Lazarus, come out. And whatever happens next, Lazarus did not do. Jesus did it. Jesus did all of it, and Jesus did it with his words. And Jesus today again gives you and me those gift, that gift of words. It is one of the coolest things about Jesus. You recall this from Christmas time, that Jesus is the Word made flesh. One of the advantages of that is that Jesus' words do what they say. Let there be light, and there was light. See, and the blind man can see. You're clean, and the lepers are healed. Your sins are forgiven, and the sins are forgiven. Rise and walk, and the paralytic takes up his mat, and he walks his way home. This is my body, this is my blood, and this is a Eucharist. Jesus' words, loving and divine, exert a power and a force and an energy that do what they say. Often people in our world, where words are very, very cheap, struggle with this notion that Jesus' words do what they say. If you struggle with this, go home and Google up Sonic weapons. Sonic weapons are the super-secret weapons of the future that concentrate sound waves, voice if you will, in order to break your eardrums and rattle your eyeballs and shatter your skull and make you vomit and scramble your brain. There is even hope in the future that sound waves can be concentrated in such a way that they can stop tanks and planes. Now, if we can do it, certainly Jesus can do it in spades. And so the end of this story, with a word from the word made flesh, death flees and Lazarus comes out and Mary and Martha rejoice and Jesus makes a point. Jesus makes several points, actually, about how he shares in our suffering, 
about how much he cares for us, about how his Heavenly Father listens to our prayers, about friendship and heartache and a stinky death, and light and resurrection as pointers to the Messiah, as a sign of the kingdom of God expressed here on earth, as a sign of something greater, God among us. And of course, Jesus is telling us about faith, which agrees with Jesus. And so when Jesus says, move the stone, they move it. And when he says to Lazarus, come out, Lazarus does indeed come out. If you agree with Jesus, your life just goes along so much better. The next few weeks that close out Lent will still be messy. Before the gospel was over today, you heard that Caiaphas say that Jesus must be killed. Next week, the very same geniuses will decide that they need to kill Lazarus again. So much for listening and learning from our mistakes. But then, in another couple of weeks, Jesus will do the ultimate death-defying thing. By dying himself, Jesus will destroy death. Jesus will go into the tomb, and he will push all of you out. He will say to you, there is no room for you here. You were made for life. Go out, get out. The tomb is not the place for any of you. You were meant for light and for love. You were meant for beauty and community. You were meant for your friends and your children. You were meant for mercy and tithing and alms. You were meant for a winsome witness. You were meant for forgiveness, for baptism, for the Eucharist, for a forgiving word. You should all go have a little fun with that. And that's way better than the alternative, than clinging to death. It's much better to have a Savior who resurrects us and loves us than to be left healing ourselves. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.